0: Are you sure? Yes, sir. Okay. Hallelujah. Can you reduce it a little? Um, Yeah. Last week we started a new series, Believer's Authority, and we'll continue today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you put that on the screen for me, please? Blessed be the God. In other words, praise be the God Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Blessed be the God. Blessed be the God. Not any human being. Blessed be the God. In other words, God is the giver of all spiritual blessings. Blessed be the God of our Father. Blessed be the God and... And what? Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all... Not some. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, God... Is the only one, the only one that is capable of giving spiritual blessings. Not a man, not a pastor, not a prophet, not an apostle, but God. The Father of our Lord Jesus is the only one that has the capacity, the enablement to give spiritual blessing to everyone. And how did he bless us? God blessed us with spiritual blessing through the finished works of our Lord Jesus. So there is no more work to be done. All you and I to do, all you and I need to do is just to plug in into the finished works of the Lord Jesus. Jesus is never going to die again. He's died once and for all and for everyone. And no one is ever going to die again for anybody. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed all of us, you and I, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So, if God has, if God has blessed you with a spiritual blessing in heavenly places, so who can take the blessing away from you? I hope you know that where God is, there is is his presence, right? And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. When God blesses a man, he confers on him all benefits. Benefits. He withholds nothing from anyone. Every good and perfect gift is from God. A God that in him there is no variableness of shadow of turning. If God call you blessed, which you are, you are blessed. And that blessing means that you have every right and privileges. Today we are going to look at the expression of God's power in our lives. All promises of God, all blessings of God is for the benefits of all believers all his promises they are for your benefit they are for your benefit all his blessing everything god has given to you is for your benefit second corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 and 22 tells us for no man for, pardon me for no matter how many promises god has made they are yes in christ And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, a guarantee of what is to come. All, all, Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth. He said, "No matter how many of His promises, no matter how many promises God has made, all the promises God has made, He is able to perform them." He said, "I watch over my word to perform them. There is nothing that God cannot do. So, if God has promised, if God has promised you, no matter how many those promises are, He is able to perform all that He said." All the promises of God. Put that on the screen. All the promises of God. They are yes. In Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So it's a two way thing. God has made a promise. You believe that and you must say yes and amen to what God has promised. I know sometimes when people are praying, some folks don't say amen because they think it's unnecessary. But that is your duty. That is your responsibility. God has made the promises. Yes, he has done so. You have to say amen. You have to believe in what he has promised. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ, stand firm in Christ, stand firm in Christ. Christ. He anointed us as much as he has anointed you. Set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. Guarantee what is to come. I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my God. I am glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I can you sing that song again convincingly? We just read it. I belong to Jesus. I belong to God. I am blind I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. God has set a seal of. Ownership on you. I remember there was a teaching I did many years ago a title price tag. You have God's seal of ownership. You don't belong to the devil. You don't belong to sickness. You don't belong to poverty and disease. You don't belong to limitation. You belong to God. God has a seal of ownership over you. Belong to God. It didn't stop there. He put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit. If you look at that spirit, it's, it's more it's capital letter. That's not talking about man's spirit, it's talking about the spirit of God. You have Holy Spirit inside of you, the spirit of the living God, and there is a spirit in man. And the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Second Peter chapter one verse three tells us His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge. Of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything that you need. His divine power has given to you all that you need. Pertaining to life and what? And godliness. But there is a condition. The condition is the knowledge of God that you have. True, true, our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. He has called you by his, by his own glory and by His own goodness. However, the more you know Him, the more of His power that is accessible to you. And we are going to get to a very beautiful illustration very soon. So the more you desire, the more you can have. The more I know you, the more power I have access to. Which is why your your place of devotion, fellowship, your, your place of communion with the Father is very critical to assessing His power. Because uh, 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 when His power is at work in in us, the dealings of God uh, with our lives, sometimes uh, we require a lot of discipline. We require a lot of walking in love. We require a lot of being able to forgive people. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Everything has been given. However, the knowledge of Him is required to access all that has been given. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus told His disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, Right? Paul, I mean, Peter, I beg your pardon, was in, was in Cornelius' house uh, by... Um, a divine guidance. Prior to that time, uh, of course, Cornelius was a Gentile. Peter was a Jew. They don't really relate. And so, but in a dream, at about afternoon, hour of prayer, Cornelius was a devout man, though a Gentile, a devout man who fears the Lord, who gave to the poor you know he was just a, a lover of god but yet a gentile but peter had a different ideology about gentiles we are not supposed to really relate with them and god appeared to peter and and in that dream there was i think a tray of all kinds of animals you know coming up and down and god said eat kill and eat and he said oh, oh my lord you know I can't eat these things because some of the animals are not clean. And God said, How can you call what I've called clean unclean? How can you call what I have called clean unclean? And so he woke, I think he woke up from his dreams. And shortly afterwards, there there was a man, there were three men at his door. They knocked and said, Cornelius need to see you to come and pray for him. And while he was, while he got there, of course, that that that, you know uh, explained to him why he had that dream. And when he got to Cornelius' house, he, he said, um, I'm looking for, in Acts chapter 10, in Acts 10 verse 38, he began to speak to Cornelius about Jesus and he said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for for God was with him. I've made references to some scriptures and I wish I could do more that has to do with his divine power has given us all things, you know, and all of that. All the power that is being referenced by Peter and uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 in the words of Jesus, but you will receive power. And in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, his divine power has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness refers to the same type of power which is... uh, Dunamis. Uh, dunamis is, is means that a a, a a power that is inherent that has the capacity to reproduce itself, right? An inherent power that reproduces itself is divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our law, through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable to him the same power is at work in you for the same spirit that raised the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you so in other words what Jesus had access to you also have access to it because God has made it available to you by his own divine power. So in other words, God is able to reproduce himself, is able to reproduce himself in you. No wonder Jesus said, what I did, much more works you shall do. I just need you to understand that if Jesus could heal the sick, you can. If you if he, if he made the lame to walk, you can. If he opened this the blind eyes you can if Jesus was able to impact knowledge into people you can if Jesus was able to solve human problem anyway when he was doing good almighty healer anything that Jesus was able to do you also can do you also can do Ephesians tells us that and when he ascended, when he ascended, he gave gifts to men to some apostles teachers prophet Every one of you seated here in this room this morning has God's gift inside of you. Whether you accept it, whether you believe it, I'm telling you that you have God's gift inside of you. All you need to do is to rise, stand on your ground, stand firm, and find the flame of God that is already inside of you. In Acts chapter 8, uh, after the, the, the persecution of Stephen, a massive persecution broke out and, and people began to move from one place to another and, they, and anywhere they went to, they carried the word of the Lord with them. One of them was Philip, who was a deacon, whose work primarily was to be an assistance in the daily distribution of food. But the Bible tells us that this man was a man Who had power by his teaching? The the Bible says that the Spirit strikes out of people. He healed the lame, he made the blind to see. He solved too many human problems. Philip. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And so when he, I think he went to Samaria from there, he went to Samaria and he began to teach the people. And uh, before that time, there was a man called Simeon, who was considered to be a great man of power because he had admonished people by his sorcery. So look at, go to Acts chapter 8 for me. Acts chapter 8 verse 6 or thereabout. Uh, seven, please. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Please continue, verse eight. And there was a great joy in that city. Please continue. But there was a certain man. All the things were previous were acts, you know, by by Philip. But there was a certain man called Simeon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city, and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was a great, he was someone great. I I, I, I don't know this the version. I think King James says he amazed the people. He amazed the people. You know, he amazed them. They had if they they had a, a false understanding of what. of of what uh, the power of God could be. Because Simeon had sorcery, but there was a certain man called Simeon who before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. Let's continue. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Let's continue. And to him they had regarded because, because that over a long time he had bewitched them with what? With what? With what? Let's continue. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom, concerning the kingdom, concerning the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women, including Simeon himself. Even though Simeon had an ulterior motive anyway, because at that point he didn't have an encounter. He possibly was amazed by the way he has been amazing people. The truth is, one thing that has to do with amazement is that his feeling is emotional. Being amazed is different from having an encounter. Where there is power of God, you will not be amazed, but you will have an encounter with God. An encounter is an experience that cannot be taken away from you. Paul was on his way. He had an encounter with Jesus. And his life was never the same from that day. When a disciple actually had an encounter of who Jesus was, they never remained the same again, including Peter. The Simeon said, believe also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Let's continue. Now when the apostles which were of Jerusalem had, Samuel received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. But you see, one could have, t- every one of us we have, are- God has given each and every. The capacity and the ability that he has given to him is going to ask you what you have done with what I have given to you. So rather than focusing on hey, and you leave your own gifting on fun and your fire on fun, why don't you look inward, bless God for what he has given to you, knowing fully well that the power of God in you has the capacity to grow. The more you know, the more you receive. Rather than focusing on, hey, why don't you look inward? Me and my wife, we had a a, a very wonderful, lengthy conversation from a days, days, like two days ago. Why don't you look to yourself? He called his servants to himself, he gave one ten, he gave one five. He's going to ask you how are you are you, are you, are you still what you're gifted. He is going to demand from you. I come quickly and my reward is with me. To give each and every one according to his works. It's not a corporate thing. God is going to ask you. Your work with God is personal. Why don't you look out to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith? who can enable you to steward the gifting that he has positioned in your life. You have stayed long enough asking, what what have you you given to me? Take a step of faith and start with what you have. He's going to ask you. The truth is to all of us sitting here this morning, there's a destiny that is attached to our existence. You have to stand up and take responsibility because God is going to ask you. Why do we need the power of God? Why are we all praying for the expression of His power? Why God will give His power as long as it is in alignment for His will. We are asking for His power so that we can we can do the works of the kingdom. That's all. Whether you are solving a problem at work, whether you are in education, you are in health, you are in entertainment, you are in movie, whatever sphere of life that you are, you are expected to be an ambassador of Jesus. Jesus came to solve sin problem. was well, a problem solver. He solved sin problem. Just so you and I can rise to, to maturity. In Christ Jesus without shame and guilt, without fear. That's why the Bible says, Come to the throne that you may obtain. What? So I was talking about the man, the king. The king. One of us had a capacity to be great. And no, guess what? Both the one who multiplied 10 to 5 to 10 and 2 to 4, they got the same comment. Good and faithful servants. Good and faithful servants. The measure of his power is not the same. In other words, we are not expected. To do the same, but we are all expected to be productive and faithful. The condition that is that uh, we are not called to do the same. There are captains of 10, captains of 100, captains of 1,000, captains of 1 million, captains of 1 billion. But in whatever God has called you to do, stay faithful in it. And the truth is, if you stay faithful, God increases you. But your faithfulness to your gifting is a prerequisite to having more. When he returned, and the one who was supposed to steal what is gifting, the expression of God's power in him, didn't do anything, said, Take it from him, give it to another person. The truth is, God is coming. I come quickly. Uh, you know, I say this jokingly. People say, "Ah, he said God has come." They be saying, Even "Before I was born, they told me my grandfather, Jesus hasn't come back." But the truth is, at every one of us, we have a bus stop. When we grow old, very old, you have done all. You have seen your great, 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 great children They're going to have light from at your bus stop and bid this world goodbye. The Bible says, "Is appointed unto man to die once." After it, what? It's judgment. What is judgment all about? Come, how did you steward my gifting inside of you? Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his his incomparably great what? Great power for us who believe. The power of God is not an exclusive right for some set of people. It's for everyone who believes. And that's a leveler, isn't it? That God is not unjust. What is available to you in Jesus is also available to me in Jesus. Perhaps the, the level of availability might depend on our commitment and our growth and our knowledge of Him. However, almost like we all have the same beginning. That the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power the same dynamism the same power that we are talking about is also the same power the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in every realms friends don't think small of yourself don't ever think small of yourself the expression of his power inside of us gives us the ability and capacity to be productive. So, when God, whatever God has given you, he has also given you the capacity to put it to use. God is not the God who will send you on a journey that he will not back you up. So, whatever God has given to you, in terms of your skills, your intellect, whatever you have, God has also given you the capacity to put it to use. That's why you call him when he sends you out, he backs you up. He is not and you can't see him anymore. Just continue to dance. I'm, I'm, I'm cheering you up. You know, Pastor Foucault was telling us about the promise of the week he's, he's a lead, he's a guide, he has Holy spirit. So I won't leave you comfortless. So we go to this. Go to this. No, don't go that way. Go this way. And I say it all the time. You know what people have come to conclude that God does not speak. It is you that you are not listening. God is speaking to people. Just know that. That you have not experienced uh, guidance or divine instruction does not mean God is not speaking. God is leading people. And the only way to, the, the world in itself is very chaotic. So when you're not being led by the Spirit, it's, it, it's just going to be a lot of struggling, a lot of trying to find it out on your own. measure of his power is not the same in individuals. In other words, we are not expected to do the same, but we are all expected to be productive. I said that earlier. The expression of his power gives you strength in adversities. Adversities are moment of grief, moment of pain, moment of betrayals, moment of rejection, moment of shame. His strength gives us, His power in us, I beg your pardon, gives us strength in adversities. They that wait upon their Lord, the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like a ghost. They shall run and not be weary, they will walk and not faint. His power in us gives us strength in adversities. Paul was talking to the Corinthians church in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 56 to 58. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor in the, is not in vain in the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 to 10, Paul said, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we'll experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, far beyond our own ability, far beyond our own ability to endure. So that we despaired of our life, of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. Who raises the dead, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on again. On him, we have set our hope that we will continue, that he will continue to deliver us. Sometimes you go through life situation that looks as though our life is going to end. Friends, your life will not end. It is not over for you until God has finished all that He has created you to do. But we have to look up to God in order to our finish of our faith in the time of peril, time of betrayal, time of pain, and and toiling and struggling, failures. It might look as though it is the end, but it's not the end for you, friends. Because it is not over and God says it is over. Paul said it looks as though our life is going to end. We were under great adversity. But we do not lean on our own strength. We look up to God and he delivered us. I will continue to look up unto him. Paul was talking about his own experience. He said, I, I, I have, it looks as though because of the great revelation that I have received, there is an agent of, uh, of the devil that torments me. Nobody can really say what was wrong. Some had speculated, was it, a, was it an eye problem? Was it a sickness? Was it a disappointment? Was it a betrayal? But whatever it is, Paul could not have any other expression. But to say that this was from the devil. He said, I prayed to the Lord three times to take it away from me. But God said, my grace, my grace. So when you are saying my grace is, when you are praying that God, your grace is sufficient for me, I will advise you to go and read the story. I led to that statement. Paul was under pain. But he said, Lord, i have pray to you. Take this from me. Three times. But God responded, my grace is sufficient for you. And I asked myself, did Paul finish well? Oh, yes, he did. He said, I finished the good fight. I fought the good fight. And there is a crown waiting for me. That tells me that sometimes God will give us the capacity to live above certain level of pain. They might be there, but they are not enough to stop us from fulfilling our destinies. Are you going to face betrayal? You will, friends. Are you going to have some disappointment? You will have disappointment. Are you going to lose someone? At some point, people that we love so much will go, whether at old age or whether God called them home at his own time. As you all sitting here this morning, I'm sure, for the older ones, perhaps a number of us don't even have parents anymore. But the truth is this, no matter what you have gone through, or what you are going to go through, I assure you that they are not enough to stop you. I can do all things through Christ that infuses his power in me, that infuses his strength into me. Stand up and stand firm, remain steadfast, immovable, abounding in the works of the Lord, knowing fully well that no matter what you do for God it is not in vain. Serve God with all your heart, serve humanity with all your heart, whatever God has called you to do. Do it and do it excellently well. Knowing that God is your rewarder. Not your employer. What, what best can they give? They give you incentives. They give you allowance. They give you leaves. That, that's what they could give. What they can give ends here on hurts. No matter what the best that they give. They give you vacation fee. Give you everything. It ends here. Give you health insurance. It ends here. And I hope you know, if God did not send them to help you, they are not going to help you. So, your focus should not be on them, but the author and finisher of your faith. The author and finisher of your faith. The author and finisher of your faith. I look up to God, the author and finisher of my faith. I look up to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. When when things are working, glory to God. I look up to God, the author and finisher. Of my faith when things are not working, glory to God, the author and finisher of my faith. When I'm facing betrayals, the author and finisher of my faith. When all is rosy, the author and finisher of my faith. On the mountain, the author and finisher of my faith. In the valleys of life, he is the author and finisher of my faith because I know he's a good shepherd who does not abandon his own. God is with you, his power is at work in you. As we close this morning. My faith looks up to Jesus. And I hope your own faith is looking up to Jesus. I know you need a miracle. But I can also tell you that God is not tired of doing miracles. There might be difficult situations in your life. There might be seasons that are unexplainable. There might be events in your life that you don't you don't understand where it has come from. But I know God is able to do all things. Maybe you ask, I don't know where this has come from. No one has ever gone through this kind of experience in my family. Why is it that I'm alone? But I announce to you all oh, will be to the glory of God. God works in you both to will and to perform His good pleasure. All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to His purpose. I make bold to tell you this point that you will look back and you will praise God because it will end in joy because you will receive your miracles in the name of Jesus Christ. So I want you to stand up this morning I spend some time in God in prayer. Please, praise God. They say this mountain can be moved. They say these chains will never break. They don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. We bet that there is no way through. We bet that times will never change. They haven't seen one. You can do. There is power in your name. So much power in your name.